Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, it is I, Brent Young, joined by some guys who took in the 16th victory in a row, ringing that victory bell loud and clear, 60, 59, and 7. The lead for the red and black in the overtime the overall series against the Miami Red Hawks. Wow, big-time victory, big-time game. Big time moment. Also, 50th win for Coach Luke Fickle. A lot to break down here on Monday. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome in two guys, pals, people who uh, who are who are heavy in the trenches down there at Paycor Stadium. Aaron Smith, Chad Brennell. Guys, how are we? If I was any better, I'd be twins, Brent. Twins, hmm. twins. Okay. I'm good, man. Good. I had fun. First time being in the press box at Paycor at Paul Brown, call it what you will. First time in that stadium in the paper, in the press box. First time on the field, so some firsts for me down there. Paycor Stadium. Firsts. A few firsts. Well, I, well, another first. As as you see, Ryan Royer is uh, not below me here on this uh, this four squares, if you will. So we get we had to pull in a reliever, uh, quite the reliever that is. <laughs> None other than Mr. Garrett Campbell. Garrett, I could list the laundry list of, of accolades about you and your time with, with the Bearcats, but uh, I'll save that for your second visit. How about that? So okay, that works ado, for I'll me. Say, I'll say, Garrett Campbell, how are we? I am fantastic. I'm, I'm glad Royer's out tonight. I think he's actually celebrating his birthday, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah. Is that I today? know. Yeah, I, I think it's either today or yesterday, so we can all let him off the hook tonight. Wow. I'll, I'll take oh, the he, reins for a little bit. He hit me up and said his girlfriend surprised him – uh, with dinner at the precinct tonight, and he was like, "That's a good girlfriend right there." And That's I was a like, keeper. You go to the precinct and we'll <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, well, I, I mean, just a dinner at the precinct. We had to put two and two together after that and see. Oh yeah, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's an anniversary, maybe who knows? Maybe he's he's you know getting getting pretty he's, serious with the old lady friend. Maybe she's he, ready to make a move. He's Ryan Royer, man. He's a legend. <laughs> Mr. Ray, Bearcat, Mr. Bearcat, bring him in. But hey. We've got another legend right underneath me, Garrett. As we mentioned, welcome onto the pod, the BBP here. And of course, without going any further, we got to mention our boy Danco Joe and Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Shout out to them, as always. Head there, get yourself a, an oil change, $10 off that, 10% off. Other numerous car fixings that you might need. Just mention BBP, mention Chatty B, mention AA Ron, and, and even mention Gare Bear, Mr. Garrett Campbell mm-hmm. as well. But uh, aside from that, one thing that that probably needs fixed with the Bearcat team would 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 be a couple of things. But other than that, we got to mention big time win, big time victory, taking over the all time series lead. And I know pe- people have mentioned it on the brunch on Sunday. You know, Dave kind of mentioned how it's been ad nauseum about the whole you know first time since 1915. But I think that's something that is important to mention that you know with Luke Fickle the. Greatest UC coach of all time. Yet again, here we are setting another precedent, winning this one. But Garrett couldn't have gotten to 16 in a row when 60, 59, and 7 if it wasn't for the uh, 10 that you won in a row, right? Yeah, I mean, I was excited to be there, kind of be part of a history there. It's it's a lot of chipping away. And let me tell you what, that bell is a lot heavier than you would think physically and emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and, and for the program. It brings a lot of pride you know, when that leading up to that week, I'll never forget each year when I was playing, at least I'd get texts from, you know, alumni of past, O-line of past. And 
you know, they, they'd have some choice words of what would happen if we didn't bring back home the bell. So, you know, it, it, every year it, uh, it remains uh, a, a very high precedent and I'm excited to kind of be a part of that. And I was able to see it this year and I was able to hold the bell, you know, my senior year and um, by yourself. I had the help of uh, my boy, Kyle Trout. Now you don't want to carry that bad boy by yourself. I don't know if you saw my reaction, but yeah, that's a, that is a heavy boy, but no, I, it's an incredible feeling. I'm so happy for the guys, you know, every year it's, it's a fantastic game. Miami comes out to play every year and, you know, I'm just excited. We were able to pull this one out. I've covered 16 victory bells, 15 victory bells. So my, I'm 15 and up. It's pretty good, right? Nice. Congrats. And one of my favorite things every year is watching somebody new try to lift that thing for the first time and the realization hitting them that, oh, no, this, this, that ain't man, no fake bell. No, that ain't no fake this, bell. This isn't the keg and nails. The keg and oh, nails no. was like three pounds. Like the keg and nails didn't weigh anything. Mm-hmm. The victory bell, every time somebody goes to pick it up and they're like, ah! Whoa, wait. Nobody warned me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, it takes a lot. Cincinnati's won enough to the point where they, they have that push cart ready on the sideline. They're just like, all right, we're going to take it off for the little cameras that need to get it. But we have the push cart right here because we know we're just going to push it back out. But. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. My senior year at Paul Y'all Brown in the rain, me and Trout had to carry that bad boy from the opposite sideline into our locker room. We didn't no see way. any push cart. Oh, man, it was – you know, rewarding and challenging at the same time <laughs> after a full four quarters. <laughs> Especially in that game, too. Full of oh, yeah. oh, man. That was a tough one. Big win, though. Thanks for the donation, Richard. We appreciate it. I guess first things first. Got to throw it out there, Garrett. You know, obviously, downtown Paul Brown Stadium. You spent the whole season playing there. Um, one of your years as a Bearcat. Uh, kind of what – talk about the difference just – broadly between playing at Nippert and then the atmosphere at Paul Brown, because, you know, I tell you what, it, I was up in the press box. So I didn't really get the true feel of it out there, but it felt a little, I don't want to say off is the word, but kind of just a, the whole pro football setting just mm-hmm. didn't, didn't really mix with college as the way that I wanted to. Well, when you have a home stadium like Nippert, it, it's hard to go anywhere else and get that same feeling, that kind of deep bowl feeling where, you know, you have, people on either side going up, you know, shouting down. It can make a stadium like the like Paycor feel a little empty at times. Um I was a little different when I played. When I any field I went on to, I put horse blinders on. I could never tell what was going, you know, even when we played at the big house, even when hundred in front of 110,000, it's like I was right back on Nippert or even Shakely, even on the practice field. For me, it's it never really played a factor. But you know, you do kind of get that waving off of energy a little bit you do lose that crowd noise advantage you know when you go to a larger venue like that and more open venue like that but you know it's a good chance for those guys to get something new because you know these weeks as they move on they get a little more you know three home games in a row are technically in a way now but you know can kind of get a little mundane so it it is a nice little change up for them as far as the game itself it was uh one where in the beginning, and I'm sure you've been a part of this quite a lot, where it, it was a, I don't know, kind of a couple of miscues, a, uh, a surprise, all strong offensive drive by who I'm sure a lot of players on the team, because mm-hmm. they know a lot about Miami, you know it's the backup quarterback going out there, second career start, 
first career start was against an FCS team. So I, I don't know if that maybe throws off a mentality. Maybe, you know, I'm sure you get up for every game and every moment, especially in a rivalry game. But it seemed as if Miami kind of came out and surprised everyone a little bit on that opening offensive drive. So what people don't understand and what I kind of alluded to earlier is, you know, this game, both teams come out to play every year. For both of them, a rivalry this strong and this old, you're going to get your best shot from, you know, both sides out the gate. People take shots, people go all out, and, you know, it just means that much to both these guys. And I think it's a testament to Luke Fickle's program and the discipline that he's instilled that, you know, it's it's not something that, you know, maybe in times of past would have gotten the team down. You know, going down quick like that at the beginning of the game can shut down a lot of teams, especially to what's on paper supposed to be, you know, an inferior team. Um, I think he does a great job of getting those guys locked in, getting them, you know, next snap, next snap, snap and clear. Let's go. You know, you know, we're not out of this, you know, this is just the beginning. And I think they did a great job of that. And I think the final score kind of, uh, exemplified that. Penalties have been an issue so far this season, uh, 10, 10, 10 in each of the games, I believe, uh, or at least 10 in, in each of the games. Um, in any case, it's kind of been a thing not even just this season but kind of been a thing that luke's had a little bit of trouble with in the past even is this any surprise to you as being somebody who's been part of the team or how do, how do you fix something like this when it's become something that's been a thing for a while now you know when you harp on it too much it becomes the only thing you think about and you start playing scared and i know that's one thing that fickle really doesn't want you know in all my years there, he said, you know what, we're going to get a couple penalties sometimes playing through the whistle, you know, doing this, you know, being energetic, being hype. It's okay. You know, we'll live with that. We'll work on it. But if you focus on that, like we did, you know, I, I forget it was during my Tuberville era, you know, if you focus on that and you harp on it. And I remember after practice, we used to do 10 up downs for every in, in practice um, penalty we had, you know, during our live reps, it becomes the only thing you focus on. And you don't worry about the game. You don't worry about playing fast, playing hard. And sometimes it can get in your head. So I think they're doing a good job. You know, it's all about cleaning up. It's still a very young season. It's a young team, a bunch of guys playing together. You know, some some of them, it's only their second game ever playing together. And it just takes a little bit of time to kind of get the feel of what, for a lot of them at their first time start, is kind of get a feel of what the refs are going to look for, kind of what things that you might be able to get away with. I think the – if you can get a limit free snap penalties, I think be in the club. Yeah, as, as far as it goes for penalties, I, I I understand you want to keep them down and and try and at least you know not get too out of hand. But when I mean, you look at the teams last year who had the least amount of penalties throughout the entire season, and the top twenty five, I I don't think maybe one or two or maybe a, a handful of the teams ended up even playing in a bowl game. I, I mean, in the top ten, real quick, it's ULM, Kansas. Army, Eastern Michigan, Washington, Navy, UNLV, Air Force, Indiana, LSU. You know, it, it's teams that like, yes, you know, penalties are an issue and some of that needs to get resolved. But in the end, like you said, if, if you go out there and you're constantly thinking in the back of your mind, you know, it's like in basketball. If, if you make a mistake or have a turnover, sometimes coaches might pull you out right away and that might mm -hmm. mess with your psyche as well. But it seems like the staff does kind of let them know, hey, go out there and just play. And if a penalty happens, it happens. But we're not going to harp on it too much. Yeah. So 
I'm kind of not really in the side of where like penalties drive me crazy. Especially I just wanted to get a player perspective on it. I think that was a great right. perspective to have. Oh, it absolutely yeah. was. Penalties drive me crazy if you're constantly looking at first and 15. Yeah, I agree with that. Which like, is what it was. That's where penalties drive me crazy. Like I said, pre-snap penalties are the killer. Pre-snap right. penalties are inexcusable. Those are the ones that aren't necessarily play hard, play fast, you know, just doing your job out there. Those are just mental mistakes that get corrected over time and get corrected over experience, you know? Some people Penalty, who are... Uh, penalties of aggression are fine, right? Yeah. Like, they're going to happen. Exactly. Mental penalties are the ones that that kill you, and, and that's... More than anything, that's what we've seen from this team is more the mental stuff. Yeah. I I mean, in this last game, though, what, three or four of those five-yard varieties came in the fourth quarter when the game was already in hand? Sure. Um, and then on top of it, it's, it's also where, like, I, I think sometimes the road atmosphere is what lends its hand to that. And at IU last year is a game that I remember where it was kind of just like the first three series. It was first and fifteen. Every single set it down. So, um, no, I agree with that part. But also, I I think even if, if it's not like a blatant like offsides or, or or false start where you're just like really just doing it over and over again, I I don't see too much of an issue with it. Yes, is it something that needs to be lessened a little bit for sure? But on top of it, I I don't think that's the lead like concern about the team as far as it goes because they had so many penalties during the Luke Fickle tenure. And yet they've won so many games. And I think a lot of people have written that in different ways and said it in different ways. But I agree with that side of things more than the uh, crazy penalty side. But other than that, um, as, as far as offense and quarterback goes, when, when you go out there and then the, you know, the, the other team scores that first time down the field and you don't come up with a response, is it kind of just back to the drawing board? Because it seemed as if, you know, the offense didn't really – it, it, it kind of got them a little bit because the, the fumble was another mistake that needs to not happen. But it seemed as if they came out there and they were just as confident knowing maybe that they had the upper hand against Miami, no matter what happened, as long as they just stay away from another fumble. Yeah. So, I mean, over the years or over the past couple of years, the amount of wins that the guys, these guys have, and a lot of them have been on the team, you know, two, three, four years. And they have a lot of these wins under the belt and they have seen, you know, being down to a young undisciplined team that's accustomed to losing that might be detrimental you know being down that quick to a team that you're supposed to be better than but i think these guys have the discipline they have the winning attitude the winning pedigree now that they're not going to let something like that trouble them they're going to snap and clear they have great coaches they have great position coaches that are going to tell them listen that happened clear we got the next set of down you know we're going to go out back out there the defense got us you know you guys worked against these guys throughout all of camp you guys know what they can do. They're going to put up a stop. They're going to adjust. They're going to know what they're doing. And we'll, we'll get right back out there. We're going to get another chance, you know. And I think they did a great job of that, responding and not panicking. All right, despite, let's – go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, uh, despite the people who, like myself, wanted uh, the Ritter uh, follow-up with Evan Prater to win the job, Ben Bryant has won the job, and Ben Bryant has done – very well. What have you seen out of Ben Bryant so far that's impressed you through three games? I got a soft spot for old Benny in my heart. I've known Ben for a very long time. Um, I think Ben, you know, what people might not see on the sidelines and what 
I can see is that his teammates respect him and they, you know, they built up a tremendous amount of respect and that they revere him as a leader. And I think it's evident by the way that he mingles with his wide receivers, with his offensive line, the way that, you know, they pick him up, things like that. I think that Ben has done a great job kind of rallying those guys. And it, it takes, you know, like I said, a disciplined team you know, and co- position coaches do their great job of, you know, kind of circling the horses and whatnot. But, you know, it comes from the players too. I think Ben's done a great job of that. Um, I think what people don't understand, you know, people just see the Saturdays or, you know, Friday night, Saturday night games. And what people don't understand is the amount of work and the amount of stuff that he's done coming into the season, the camp reps he's had, you know, all those kind of things. And I know a lot of people, you know, talk about Prater and whatnot. You know, I know you brought that up, but Ben did win the job. You know, they have great coaches there that have been doing this for a really long time. And they know that they're going to put in who they think is going to give them the best chance to succeed. And I think Ben has obviously shown them that in the past couple months. And I think they're in a good place. And I think they're just catching their, their kind of stride now, especially with the latter half of that game went. And I think it's only up from here. Can I ask an offensive question, offensive line question in of regards course. to the quarterback? Because obviously, you know, you had time with, with both Hayden and then time with Des as well. So kind of, you know, Hayden kind of a little bit more like the Ben Bryant type where it's his pocket passing, you know, going to stay in the pocket a little bit more. And then Des obviously had that multidimensional dual threat ability. So uh, what is the blocking scheme difference wise when you know you have someone back there who might look to flush out of the pocket a little bit quicker, who might be more inclined to find an opening and run compared to someone where you're going to probably have to contain that pocket and, and, and really set it up strong for, for them to set, step up and, and make a good throw. You know, it, it might vary for different people, but for me, it, it doesn't matter who you put back there. I'm going to block the same. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to try to hold that pocket as best I can for as long as I can, regardless of who's back there. Um, you know, I've, I've seen Hayden have some wheels now. I've seen Hayden he, take he, off a couple times. Sometimes he did. <laughs> Maybe it did look too pretty, but, you know. <laughs> Desmond obviously adds a, a different element with his ability to run there. And, you know, that's kind of exciting. And it provides that kind of extra cushion if, you know, you don't hold it, your block as, you know, that extra, you know, half a second there. You kind of miss on a, a block there. He can kind of shift off of your block and, and cut around you, so things like that. So it, it does add a little bit of a different dynamic in the sense that you have a little forgiveness and a little cushion. But at the end of the day, those guys' schemes and their blocking schemes and their technique aren't going to change from quarterback to quarterback. They're going to block it the same to the best of their ability. Do you feel the defensive line pushing back a little bit with the scrambling quarterback? Maybe like kind of keeping their head up to see. If oh, no. Yeah. You'll, you'll definitely see a lot more ears pinned back with a QB cast. QB uh, pocket passer like Hayden, you know, you'll get those DNs who will widen out a little bit more. But with a guy like Desmond who on, you know, those third and mediums, he could definitely take off. You know, they, they kind of are coached to kind of just look and, and scan a little bit easier right. Right. or a little bit more. As we're talking about you playing offensive line. <laughs> so, I, I know you have one, Chad. I didn't I, I, Like six questions in a row now. I'm just – I gave it a pause, man. Um, <laughs> so mad. Um, He'll get over it. 
as we're <laughs> as we're talking about you being offensive lineman, though, looking at the defensive line as it's currently built, I mean, can you like is there are there guys on the line right now defensively that you just would loathe going up against in practice every day as you just seeing them as opposed to having actually faced them? Um, I mean, I there was a different mentality, a different. It's a very hard question. So my senior year, my junior year, you got guys like Cortez Broaden, Marquise mm-hmm. Cope. I mean, yeah. these are dudes who NFL are still guys. playing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it flips a whole difference. I was so – I was much more – I'm not going to say terrified. I was so much more respectful of those guys than anybody else I ever played, any other team. You know, those guys brought it every day in practice – to to the, to the point of game reps and that helped me in games because nobody else I ever faced brought it as hard as them and, and got me as mentally sharp and focused as they did. And looking at the guys, you know, obviously I played with a couple of the D linemen that are still there, but you got to think when these guys are freshmen, sophomore, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're nothing compared to what they grow up to be. So, you know, I would play against guys like Elijah and Curtis and, you know, Maje. no disrespect to those guys, but, you know, when we got to go ones on twos, it was kind of a sigh of relief that I'd have to play against Cortez and Marquise. But obviously, they grew into their own, and obviously, they'd be very formidable. But I, All I NFL guys as well, exactly right. <laughs> and um, so I, I can't really speak too much to the the current D line without actually having to to play against them. But I mean, they are they look monstrous. They look great. I know what you know. I know what Brady Collins did for me in two years. I can't imagine being there four or five years. It's it's unbelievable what he does down there. He's one of the greatest in the business, and it, it goes to show in the way that you know our O line and oh, D line dominate the line of scrimmage. Wait for Chad to to get his in. <laughs> All no, you buddy, go ahead, carry on. No, Chad, seriously, join no, us. no, that's okay. No, it's fine. Kathy right, wants to hear qu- you guys talk anyway. Everybody be quiet till Chad asks a question. <laughs> <laughs> Three-man front. I, I want your opinion on seeing a defense in a three-man front because <clears throat> everyone is convinced that, that Cincinnati struggles against the run because their defense is in a three-man front. How much does it have to do with the three-man front, and how much more is it how many bodies are in the box at any given time? Well, that depends. I mean, that's such a loaded question. I mean, it depends I know, right? if you have an overhang, if you have three back, if you have a three stack in the box, if you have two inside, and then you have like a nickel rolling down or like a safety coming in the box, is you have to account and plus one on that in the like change. I mean, you're asking a loaded, loaded question here. Um, and, you know, it, the scheme changes from O-line coach to O-line coach, and that varies, and I don't know the new scheme very well, but for me – uh, four-man fronts are a lot more convenient. They're a lot more straight cut and forward, and they're a little easier to move into. Usually three-man fronts, you get a little bit more movement or a lot of bit more movement for that matter because people got to right. get into gaps. And so for a young O-line who's not used to passing that off and they're trying to come off the ball hard, that can be hard at times just because of you know you have so much across your face stuff and you have to think about your rules of how many you can let pass how much help you have to give to your backside, things of that nature. So three front can be confusing when you see it, especially, you know, our 
defense obviously plays a, an even front. You don't see it through camp. You don't see it through, you know, you're only seeing it scout team and those guys are going half speed of what you're going to see in game reps. So it's hard to, to picture what's going to happen without seeing it first. And that just comes with time. You know, you get in a more experienced line, you'll start passing that off easier. You'll start opening gaps up a little more. Let's ask the real question. Your, your impressions of Gavin Gerhardt through three games. He's done a phenomenal job of stepping up. You know, that's as Fickle has said over these couple of year or last couple of years, you know, to build a phenomenal, great program. It's, it's not about your ones. It's about the twos, the guys who can step up and, and kind of make those plays and be just as good as the guy who was up there. And that's why they stress so much on, you know, being ready, taking those mental reps, kind of watching the person in front of you to see the mistakes they make or the good things that they do to be able to emulate that when it's your time to rise. And, you know, it's a great sight to see, you know, these young guys stepping up because these guys are going to be guys that can plug and play, you know, when senior guards leave, things of that nature, you know. And it's he's done a phenomenal job. I know that. And I know center how hard it is of a position it is. I mean, you are controlling that offensive line. You're making those calls. You're calling out fronts. And for a young guy, that can be very, very overwhelming. But he has great support around him. He's got some older guys around him that can kind of help him through that. And as time goes on, I think this is a great year for him. And when Renfro comes back, I think he'll, you know, either be great support there or be even better support at guard. And he'll have game he was going to start at left guard. He yeah, was going to start mean, at left guard. He's going to have great game experience. And not only that, he's going to understand the center position a lot better. And that's going to help him as a guard because he's going to understand what it means to block against that nose on a three front. He's going to know what it means to be a shade against the center or maybe a two technique or something like that, you know? So having that multitude of positions under your belt, actual live game reps under your belt, that just helps you tremendously working together with the person next to you. Uh, so He told me in camp he had never played center before last year. He had never snapped a ball. Is that even more impressive that, that he basically learned it as like an apprenticeship last year? And now, yeah. like, bright lights, like, top 30 team, yeah. you're calling the show. It's um, it, it's it's an incredible, incredible feeling. I mean, every play, you're the one who's going to start with the ball. No matter what happens, you're going to have that ball in your hand. And it's your job. People don't understand how stressful of a job that is to get that ball back there perfectly every snap. You know, people expect it, but people don't understand. You know, you're doing that what you get 80 plays in a game you're going to do that consistently all year and into practice and you know that's when your hands sweating you got you got hands all busted up you got blood running down your fingers or you have your hands cut open like somebody did to me on accident you know i there's a lot of factors that play into that people don't respect a center enough and for him to do that in his first year and in a new position that's i mean kudos to him it's great job our fantastic for him and it's it's just something else he can put under his belt and he can uh have a great job you know and, and help him moving forward to his next uh journey i guess phyllis in the chat says you're her inspiration during her hip replacement surgery recovery oh well i'm glad i could be there for you phyllis it's uh it's a grind it's it stinks i mean I had a phenomenal – shout out Aaron and Michelle and everybody in the training room. I had phenomenal ATs to take care of me. Fortunately, you know, I had 24-7 care every day in some of the best facilities. So I was able to make my recovery, uh, you know, so speedily. But the only thing I can say, Phyllis, keep up that uh, 
keep up the what's it, the rehab at home. I think that's the most important thing. And now we've got Jim Huber in the chat, who of course is is Joe Huber's dad. Of course, Joe Huber was a walk on and ascended to a starting spot. How hard is it, Garrett? Ooh. It took you a little longer than, than Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe. Joe got there a little faster, but you were you were you were going to be a doctor, and then you were like, eh, "I'm just going to eh. I'm going to sell the supplies." Yeah, so, you know, four more years life. of school didn't sound great. A couple hundred thousand in debt didn't sound great either. I said, you know what? Let me be on the other side here. But how difficult is it to go from walk on to integral? I mean, starting right tackle is a big ass job. Mm. Starting center is a big ass job. It what, is. What's it? And and you know, you were you were you took a challenging academic load. Um, yeah. Joe is a an engineer, so yep. also taking a challenge, challenging academic load. It, it takes something special to be able to do that, doesn't it? It is incredible. It, it is incredibly tough. And I remember me and Will Stir, if anybody knows Will or remembers Will, we yeah. used to go uh, into fourth quarters, and we'd be up at 5 a.m. We'd be in the bubble. We'd be freezing. These are walker days. And we'd look at each other, and we'd say – can you imagine we're paying for this right now? Right. You're paying for <laughs> and, this, and, this privilege. Exactly. Get your ass kicked at 5 exactly. in the morning. And, and you know, going to class all day. it was something. And, you know, in those days, back when two day, two days were allowed and walk-ons weren't allowed to eat, we'd spend Sundays from our 7 a.m. lift because we had to be there early till our 5 p.m., 6 p.m. after practice. We couldn't eat because they'd be up. They'd go up to breakfast. They'd go up to lunch. And we were legally weren't allowed to eat. So, you know, we'd sit in there, we'd raid the snack pantry or whatever, we'd eat whatever we could, but it's such a tough grind that when that call comes, when you get that scholarship, it's just so much sweeter and that it makes you work so much hard. And, you know, that's why you have these guys like Royer and Huber and myself, you know, all these walk-ons that you see, like these guys really love the, like they really go all out when they have the opportunity. And it's because we remember, we remember everything we had to do to get there and, it makes playing that much sweeter. It makes that scholarship that much sweeter. It makes being able to tell your parents that they don't have to worry anymore. And, you know, it's it's such a surreal feeling. That's why we're the number one walk-on oh, yeah. in the country. Oh, yeah. Former. The former. former. Speaking of, did anybody see that uh, the Eli Manning Penn State? Yeah. Uh, Paul yeah. Today? That was funny. What's his, what's his name? Connor, oh, Dan, Con, is Connor, no, Chad, Connor Powers Chad, or something? Chad, yeah. Chad Powers. Chad Powers. Chad will remember it was Chad. Chad, can you uh, can you legally change your last name to Powers, please? I think I think it fits you so much better. I probably could. I probably could. Was uh was was Luke and, and his staff a, a big advantage for the walk-ons? Because because I I obviously went back and read your article with uh with Justin Williams. Shout out to Justin, but. Um, just kind of the uh, the change of staff because it seems like you know Brady is is all Brady comes on the pod all the time. He's always just talking about how everyone has equal opportunity. It's about the work you put in and everything behind that. Did you kind of get that sense and that feeling when when they came in and took over? You know, with the Tuberville staff, it felt a little stale. You know, I had what two offensive line coaches during that time, and you know, it, it just felt like you were getting somewhere and you were getting to a point where, you know, it might happen soon. And you talk to your offensive line coach and they're like, Hey, you know, just a little bit longer, 
you know, you're on the twos now, blah, 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 you'll get there. And then it would never come because somebody else would come or there's a big coaching change or something happens. And so to be able to have that fresh start, to be able to have that fresh set of eyes was an absolute blessing for me. And, you know, I fell in love. I was always a, a weight room guy. I was never a really super athletic. I couldn't run fast. I couldn't jump far. So I fell in love with the weight room. And that's where I kind of found Brady and Brady found me and he, he saw, you know, my potential. And I think he had a, a big part in what, you know, talking to Fickle and saying, you know, this guy works and he can be something for us. And I think, you know, Luke saw that as well uh, after Brady and um, let me get in a scholarship and I'll be forever thankful to him for that. I, I, right, you guys can have it back now. I'm done. <laughs> thanks, I, Chad Powers. Thanks. Thanks, Chad Powers. Yep. Uh, great, great job whipping that ball around. Uh, so anyway, just one, one quick question back on that real fast. See, the attention training part, and I'm, I'm going to get Oof. a reference, Justin Williams, on this. Um, first, you know, you can give your broad view on it, but in the article, it said that someone puked on the ground, and one of the straight coaches swiped it up, licked it, and said, <laughs> "What did you eat this morning?" Um, I, you know, I, I have to ask was was that Brady? And and if you can't answer the question, then don't answer it. But I mean, that oh he oh he'd be so proud. Oh, I was, I was one row back. <laughs> In two rows over, it was uh, was it uh, oh. Bryce Miner? Bryce Miner, maybe. I think okay. he threw up all over the place. And Mike Stacchiotti, who's now still the head strength coach at Penn or at uh, Pitt, if okay. I'm not mistaken, okay. I think he's the one who looked it up and said, "What'd you eat this morning?" And that was a shock. I mean, these guys' shock value for us, kind of coming in. I mean, that was a rude awakening. I remember Brady coming up, you know, we'd run outside 5 a.m. We're freezing. We can't wear anything with Bearcats gear. We have all this, you know, ragtag kind of bunch of clothes. And I remember standing at the Bearcat statue and I remember Brady's eyes just darting around. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> and after the day got done, you know, and maybe this was a couple months later. I was like, what? Like I brought it back up. I was like, what were you darting your eyes? He's like, oh, I had no idea what we were doing. He's like, I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what was happening. And, you know, it was just such a – attention training is the only word for it. And they sure got our attention. I mean, it was a heck of a time, but it was what we needed, honestly. I mean, we were on, we were content with having a losing – winning – yeah, losing streak, and we were content with just kind of being mediocre. And that kind of righted the ship in a lot of ways. What's it like right now seeing what's that like? What's that seeing, like man? seeing the heights of where this team has been in the college football playoff last season to know that they're going into Big 12 and knowing that you had a hand in all of this. Honestly, ton of jealousy. I see all my former teammates and we come together, we all look at each other, we're like, man, this would be nice if we were still here, right? <laughs> seeing the fuel station all done, seeing the locker room done, seeing the nipper packed out. I mean, it's so exciting to see that for them. And I'm happy I had a hand in giving that to them. I will forever be grateful for the university. It gave back to me so much more than I could, you know, ever take from it or was able to receive from it. Um it's exciting, and it's always great to come back and see everybody. I always feel so welcome. Um, 
you know, whether that be with Dalvin down in the EQ room or with Brady downstairs or even going up and stopping it. I mean, those doors are always open and it's such a phenomenal feeling. And I'm just so excited to see them roll, man. And it just makes me such a proud alumni. It makes all of us such proud alumni to kind of see the new heights that they've reached. Did, did you think about doing what uh, this guy over here did and maybe changing your name, getting a disguise? Yeah, you know? com- coming back, man, I, I've lost all that weight now. It'd be tough getting, you know, 50, 60 pounds back on, but. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah, right. A couple Stay Skyline trips. Yeah. yeah. Skyline trips, a couple double stack burgers, you know. Or the like, Godfather. Ooh. Yeah, did you see that? Order. Oh, the Skyline order? Are you kidding me? What did you say? In my prime, I'm a, I'm a large four-way juicy with four cheese conies with everything on them kind of guy. Okay. So, I mean, I can hold my juicy. weight. What's a juicy? juicy? You're from Cincinnati. You already know what juicy is. Extra, extra, extra. Yeah, chili. thank like, you. Like the grease, like whatever the the stuff on. Yeah. The, the, just some stuff on top. On there. He wants Not it dripping. dripping. Get it dripping. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I've seen a. Should he? His last name escaping me. Bryce, the the linebacker. Burton. It was the oh. last name. No, not Bryce Bird. No. Bryce Bird. Why Burton's am I free- Holder. Okay, anyway, Bryce, I remember he used to take 10 to 12 conies down, and that would just be an appetizer. I mean, he'd go home and eat. He would talk about eating. He'd talk about Sam Geraci. The dude would be stacking 12, 13 plates in the uh, the calf. I mean, it's unbelievable what some of these guys could do. And they were the most ripped dudes on the team. I had no idea how they do it. I'm very jealous to this day. <laughs> so how much of the Godfather could you get through? Seven Cholitos with French fries. In your String day. cheese. A large three-way and chili cheese fries. Take away the chili cheese fries, and I think I think it'll be all right. Seven you can crush seven Cholitos with fries. Cholitos are tiny; they're like bite size, man. Pop and them bad boys in. We done. A lot of flour. I'm, I'm kind of on Garrett's side too. I think I could pound seven Cholitos. Yeah, I mean, like a cheese coney, I fit in the palm of my hand. That's easy. The cheese conies are nothing until you get up. Like once you get over like six or seven, then they're like. All right, this is a you know, it's a lot. Now to get for, I will say for his age, I mean, he's only he, that was in high school, right? Yeah. After a game. Okay, so now that that like peak, my like playing at like three thirty weight, then I could eat that, but not not in like my <laughs> freshman year there. No way. Was it was it Bryce Jenkinson? Was Bryce that Jenkinson? Name? That's it. Hey man, he's yeah, such a good friend of mine too. I can't believe I forgot that for a second. Janky, Jeff said Cholitos are like taquitos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but even better. Those down. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of being able to throw them back, they're like taquitos. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can I can get down with that then. All right. Let's, let's keep rolling with the uh, the eating, adding weight, Brady Collins. Okay. But the opposite way, in way of maybe eating less and losing weight, Ivan Pace. I want to know your thoughts on Ivan and uh, how difficult it is offense lineman to guard a, a defender like that who just seems like he can just get real small at the line of scrimmage and like I don't know find small creases and burst his way through and he's always just living in the backfield. Listen, those slippery guys are some of the worst. I mean, person that comes to mind is Perry. Perry, yep, Perry, exactly oh, Perry, um, Perry used to just shake me out of my shoes sometimes, and it used to drive me up a wall. I mean. And he's not only that. I mean, Ivan looks like an absolute – he looks like a, a brick too. Yeah. And 
he's kind of got that duo of, of speed, agility, and strength. And that's something really deadly for an offensive lineman. You know, we're not used to fast moving targets. We're used to big old D linemen. Even yeah, I don't even like skinny D linemen. I don't trust the skinny D linemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you ne- never liked Majay, did you? Never liked Majay, man. He, he just he didn't seem like the true D-limit type. No, it's, it is it is really tricky to block those kind of guys. And, you know, being 340, you know, you do get those big, strong linebackers, but they don't – it's easy to latch on to those guys and at least right. hold them. But those slippery ones, man, they'll make you look like a fool. Do you see – a lot of the maybe pro potential and Ivan, I know NFL is different, but from what you've seen just during his time with the Bearcats, I've lost 30 pounds, obviously is very coachable, the ability to to do that and, and hold it and then go out there and he's just flying all over the field. He, he looks like at times, arguably the best player on the entire team. I don't want to make that. And I don't want you to have to answer that, but he's the best he, player on the defense. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. I, but I said team entire team. I know. I'm just, I, like I, I'm comfortable with saying we're saying games, defense, yeah. Ivan Pace is the best player on the defense. Oh, I'm comfortable saying that too. But I, yeah, I, I was pushing it as far as that, but right to the line, <laughs> right, right. So yeah. we talk about those. We talk about the slipperiness, the strength, the high motor, the ability to kind of be all over the field, be in every play. You know, those are kind of things that that NFL teams are going to be looking for. You know, they don't want to have to coach those kind of things on dudes. They don't want to have to tell dudes to pick it up. You got to get going, you know, for him to have that already is an incredible thing for him. And I think he he knows it and he's playing for his, his last year here and he knows what's on the line. And I think I that think just adds to his year. fire. Does he have he's another one? Lot, yeah. Like, so I thought he's a he grad transfer. Played, no. How do you not so sit he out? Came in in, he came in in 2019. Because you don't have to sit out now. What? When did Chris they change? Wild. Yeah. He came in in 2019. He only played three games in 2020. Okay. Remember, Miami, Miami only played, played three, three games. Yeah. So technically, he redshirted and COVID 20. And then he played in 2021. He's technically only played two years of college football. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, if he's not even fighting for his last year, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, he's already got all those high motors. He's not even playing for like that, you know, last year got a ball out type of deals. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, if he can put on that weight again, but in a good weight kind of way, I mean, how much does he weigh now? 235, I think. Yeah. Okay. 230, 235 range. I'd say that's probably about where they want him going forward. Okay. Man, you know, but, my mind goes to like Jeff Luck, like 265. Yeah. Oh, scary man. That, that man's scary arms. Scary man. That man's arms. Were... I saw him. So fun story. Chad, do you ever hear about what he did to EJ Jr.? Uh, no. Tell me. We're we're going through scout. This is my freshman year at scout team. And I guess EJ was just running. But EJ ran hard all the time because he was a great player. And, you know, he wanted to give the guys a good look. And I remember Jeff is a teddy bear, man, in scout team. He never wanted to hurt a fly. He's probably had the most potential to hurt pretty much about anything. Everyone. But he never wanted to hurt a fly. And I think EJ just ran the ball into his chest one or two times too hard. And he grabbed his face mask. And in one swift motion, he popped it off of his helmet. Just no struggle. Didn't even jerk his head forward. Just popped it completely off of his helmet. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen. 
I vowed to never try to run on Jeff like that again. Not his helmet. No, the face the mask. Face mask. Bah. Broke all the screws, all the holdings, gone. <laughs> I've seen him do scary things. I've never heard scary. of that before, ever. Ask any of my freshmen. That's like Dave Niehaus, Will, Corey, any of those guys. They'll tell you the same story. Or Tyler Cogswell. That's I've never heard that before, ever. Have any of you ever heard of that before? I've never heard of any human in planet Earth doing that, so no. Well, Jeff Luck, <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't find another human like Jeff Luck out there. Trust right. me. Wasn't he like top – like he was a five-star, right? He was an elite five-star yeah, at yeah. Florida State, yeah. Right. I mean, that yeah. when when he transferred in, I remember looking – when he because he switched to that single-digit number, and I was like, man, he just looks like an absolute hoss out there. But, yeah, uh, Jeff, I agree. That's one of the most frightening things I've also ever heard. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd question a lot of things I'd do the rest of my life. I might not have practiced the rest of the day. Yeah, Those, You yeah. can't because you don't have a helmet anymore. No, I mean if I just saw it. Jason says those are not small screws. No, they're not. No, I mean that's – Those bad boys aren't meant to come off. Those no. those things go through full force impacts and they don't come off. <laughs> no. Man, it's one swift. Oh, I know. No. Oh, I and I thought Kelsey ripping the, hel- the helmet off a deep Oh, throwing it in the stands? And throwing it up, up Oh, the yeah, that was, was crazy, too. You weren't there for that. I wouldn't. I mean, I heard about it. Yeah, I heard from Step heard and it, Metter. Yeah. Although Everybody's those guys. heard about it. Just, and not, like, just to the bleachers, but, like, like halfway up different stands. Oh, I know. Have you watched any of the, the New Heights podcast yet? I haven't, not yet. I, it's good. It's really good, man. I'll have to get on it then. Uh, you know what it is, right? Uh, no, I actually haven't heard it's, of it before. It's Travis and Jason have. A oh, I did see the promo for that. Yeah, I did actually. It's real. Like listening to those two talk football is. It's is easy when you're with your level. brother, man. That's that's easy. Yeah, but I mean, they're both like. I don't think people like really realize this because of their personalities. They're both football savants. Like. Oh yeah. You don't get to where those two have gotten without like your football mind being when they really like there's there's funny and like the stuff that they're posting. But when you really get into that podcast and listen to them talk football, it's kind of mesmerizing because you're like these two understand the game at a level that even 99 percent of the pros like oh, yeah. don't don't grasp. It's, it's I mean, really you want to you want to talk about the original walk on. We can we can go back to Jason's story. Yeah. Who knows? Ivan might just no star linebacker. Yeah, Ivan might just want to play O line. <laughs> Have the same career <laughs> as Jason. Who knows? A little, a little shorter. <laughs> a little shorter than Jason. Just a tiny was. bit. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. Um, I'm gonna go back to kind of this team. Uh, we mentioned the two quarterbacks. <laughs> what? What we got? He said, ripping off face masks, that's crazy. Next, you're going to tell me these guys stick their heads into fans. <laughs> Steven, I got some stories for you, man. Well, that's Royer's thing. Like, that's like we talk about that with Royer. Like, yeah, but there's also guy, other things that it's like, all right, it happened. All right, we're going to keep that. We're going to keep that where, where yeah. it lies. Well, like, we like one of, one of our ways to, to question a guy, like, how tough he is, is we asked Royer, did that guy put his head in a fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, sure I got literal, did. I got literal interpretations of that, but neither here nor there. I'm sure <laughs> okay. you put your head in the fan a time or two. Not by choice. Okay. <laughs> you just standing up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Captain. Yeah. Who knows? All right, back and to the QBs. Hit me with it. Sorry. Sorry. Well, no, no, you're like, yeah. Captain Morgan would make, make me put my head through a fan or something yeah. like that. Anyway, back to it. But uh, we mentioned the QBs and how everyone has certain points of view on, you know, whether it be Ben, whether it be the scrambling ability of Evan. As far as running backs go, because, you know, this is another one where kind of Chuck is is kind of – he had 18 carries. Chunk. On, on Saturday. Yeah, Chunk. There we go, Aaron. Um, over, went over 100 yards. Even after the fumble, he came back. He was pretty resurgent had a good – Good afternoon. But then you have a, a player like Corey Kiner as well, who's back there. And, you know, relatively running style and, and size-wise, it seems like you know, similar to the two when you played with Mike, you know. Mm-hmm. And, he looks like Mike. Yeah. And you also had had Chunk in the backfield as well, who uh, kind of, you know, kind of changed the pace here here and there. So when when these different guys come onto the field, is the block blocking scheme again, is it different or is it, something along the lines of, you know, play call or, or is it something where like, Hey, maybe I don't have to hold on to this block, block long enough and I can get up to the next level faster because I know that Chuck's going to be trying to get up there with me. So I, I will say, you know, who uh, Corey actually reminds me of more Davion? is Keon green. Oh no. Keon T- green, we'll take, yeah. Tion. Tion used to run into dudes on purpose just so they feel him through the beginning of the game, just so they don't want to tackle him again. But, um, you know, surprisingly for us, we're simple folk, offensive line, man. We, we, we don't know formations. We, don't, we get two words. We get the, the side it's going to and what the play is. We have no idea who's back there. Okay. And it's the same as, as we were talking about the quarterbacks. We're going to block that scheme the exact same. Um, I, 99.9% of the time, I'd never look back into the backfield to see who's back there. It was always kind of – you know, whoever's carrying it. And I just expect the coaches to have the person in there who's the best dynamic for that specific play. And I think it is great that they, you know, they have the kind of variability where you have the speed and you have the kind of bulldozer, you know, the, the third, third and one, or like the, the jet sweep guys. I think it's, you know, just adds to that versatility, but at the same time, you know, Corey's got speed and I've seen Chuck lower his head. So, you know, you could really keep people on to- their toes as well. So a great, you know, duo between those two. You you saw Speaking Chuck of with... weight fluctuation, Tion Green. That kid <laughs> could go home at two oh five and come back two forty. Like you're telling me later. I I've never seen somebody do voluntary cardio at camp before besides Tion. <laughs> he would he would lose it down. in a week. <laughs> he would go up thirty and down thirty in like a, a, a seventeen oh. day span. Well that's easy. I Will Stir lost the uh, 17 pounds in one uh summer and one uh practice. Oh. Water weight, baby. <laughs> Just it goes on and off. Um when it comes to Chuck, because you saw Chuck when he was a true freshman and oh yeah, man, he Chuck. was Deer Legs Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was electric. Uh at some unbelievable speed. Are you are you mm-hmm. seeing some glimpses of that Chuck, or do you think this is the new and and, and reformed Chuck that you know maybe will go after the contact a little bit more because he might not feel he's got the angle or the set. We used to joke when he was a freshman coming in, he was taking those big kind of gazelles. It's like, man, he's fast, man, he's good. But man, if he takes a head on hit, you better watch out. He might not get up as quick. And, you know, it's great to see him develop as a running back and, and get more, you know, add some more dynamic to his runs. Um, 
speaking of, you know, speed and everything, it, from what he's gone through, I'm just happy to see him back on the field. You know, I went through my fair share of injuries, and it's hard, especially, you know, taking – you know, I had my knee, uh, knee surgery. I know he's had a couple now, and especially running back, you know, getting hit all the time. There's always kind of that – you're always a little nervous in the back of your head at every contact that, you know, something's wrong, something could go wrong. So I, I think – Throughout the year, as he gets more comfortable, as he starts taking hits, he starts realizing it's fine. You'll see him open up his speed even more. And I see you'll see back to freshman year, Chuck. Man, I would love to see that. Yep. Uh, let me let me ask you this. As an offensive line, everybody talks about the, the ability to have a running quarterback and what that running quarterback kind of can do to, to vary an offense. What does it do for an offensive line when you've got a quarterback back there and, and you saw this with the year that Gunner, like the big year that Gunner had, where every other play is potentially a 15-plus. He had been at 10 plays of 15 or more yards in the air on Saturday. Like, what does that do for an offensive line where, like, I know you guys always talk about we love run blocking. Who says that? I, I, every offensive lineman I ever talked to says they, they love just smashing into people and picking up yards on the ground. What does it do for an offensive line when it's like, oh, all right. So now ask them jog. if they want to. Yeah. Now ask them if they want to do that. Yards down yeah. The field. yeah. You do not want to smash your head into somebody for 80 straight plays. Those, those, those <laughs> are the, the talk tough guys, man. You, when you hear a pass play come after like a three or four run plays in a row, you're, oh, Please, thank you. And sometimes, and sometimes it's a little bit, especially if you get like a full slide going. You know, you only got to put a half a hand up or something like that. Um, no, it's it's great to have you know Ben be able to chuck. I remember there was uh, the Eddie Grand days when the first game, uh, first play of the game, every single time we used to bomb the ball downfield, and we used to catch it. What sixty uh, more a majority of the time, more often you had than Chris not. Moore and, and Johnny's just fast. Johnny Holton, and... Mikhail McKay, yeah. you got Jack, you got yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, Chiz, yeah, obviously Alex Chisholm. Chiz. Don't forget Chiz. I mean, just unbelievable talent. But it is great to kind of see that kind of air raid being able to come back in. If you can specialize as an offensive line on something like if you're really good at passing off, you know, blitzes and, and twists and you can get, and you can make Ben settle in there and be comfortable in there. These wide receivers are going to get open. You know, that somebody's bound to make a mistake. And if they don't, you know, the uh, corners uh, bound to hold somebody up and you're willing to get a play on that. I mean, it's uh, beating your head against a brick wall. Sometimes isn't always fun, you know, <laughs> And, um, you know, you really just have to play against what you're given. You know, I remember there was times where people used to pack the box and dare us to throw the ball. And, you know, at, at that point, it's up to the, the receivers to get it done. And then there was times where they just used to drop back everybody and they used to just play it really thin. And it was up to us to get some movement. You know, we knew we had either a plus one or we were even with the quarterback. And so it, it does take a little bit. It adds a nice dynamic with a quarterback who can run, but I think Ben can get it done. I think he does a great job reading defenses. I think he has a lot of game time. I think he can audible into things that, you know, can change bearing on what the defense looks like. And I think that's comes with experience, which he has, which is a nice kind of touch, which I think can compensate for, you know, say a new quarterback who has running ability that can, you know, make plays happen. Yeah. 
But at the same time, if you have somebody who can check the right plays into the right coverages, into the right defenses, you know, that's going to go even further because luck only goes so far. Well, it um, also helps when you have five, six guys you know are going to be running wide open all the time. That's right. true. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you saw Ben's quote after the game, but he said, you know, at, at some point during the first half, it felt like it was seven on seven out there. Is that probably one of the best compliments an offensive lineman can hear? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you have a clean quarterback, if your quarterback doesn't have any stains on him at the end of the day, you did a good job. And if he if he feels comfortable and he's buying you those those dinners the, the following week before game, you, you can tell. You can tell how much a quarterback loves an offensive line by the dinners he buys them. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's a great compliment to us. Um, but like I said, pass pro sometimes can be a little bit of a, I don't want to say a, a slack off play, but it, at times the best compliment to an offensive line, I will say, is that the line of scrimmage is three, four yards down the field. It, it, it is something to say that you – we're able to move somebody against their will, you know, four or five years, not saying that's the easiest or what I always love to do, but that's probably the best compliment, but it also is a nice compliment to keep your QB clean at the same time. As you get in some of the play calling talk, uh, obviously there's a new offensive coordinator this year with Gino Gadulli. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the things that you've seen out of Gino so far that you like, and do you think we're going to continue to see that offensive playbook expand as the season progresses, as far as his creativity goes? So you're talking to a guy who I am cursed as an offensive lineman to over my years and years of film study. I primarily watch the offensive line. I don't tend to watch anything else going on around. Uh, I know Gino. I know what he's done for the school. I know, you know, his career there is absolutely phenomenal. I know his knowledge of the game. I see the way that the players not only respect him, but the way that they – trust him and that the way that they can like interact with him both as a coach and as a friend and as a father figure. I think that's really important. It's something really special that he has that not a lot of people do. Um, I think he, you know, games like Miami, you can keep your play calls a little bit reserved. You want to kind of sure. keep your, your looks a little bit hidden from, you know, your, your bigger rivals, your bigger games. And I think that he's doing a great job of that. I think that we are just kind of seeing the tip of the iceberg here of what, what is to become. Well, then I guess to piggyback off of that, if you're watching as a lineman, Mike Cummings new to Cincinnati, what do you know, if anything about Mike Cummings and what have you seen so far from what he's brought? Um, I've seen a lot more kind of downhill blocking. And that's something that, you know, I coach crook, one of the best coaches I ever had loved him to death, loved his coaching style. Uh, I just, what's going on now is more of a downhill scheme, you know, really uprooting people and moving them vertical as, as you know, and not really too much lateral. And I think they're doing a great job of that. And I think also a testament to him is having those guys in the backup, having those guys ready that may not be your starters that were able to kind of step in and, and, um, and kind of take over and, and kind of pick up where, you know, Renfro was not able to, to, to move forward anymore. And I think that's important. And, and, you know, I w- wish I could see his scheme a little bit more, you know, sure. understand the more deep connections of like, you know, what he's trying to do, you know, the double teams he's trying to set and everything. It's hard to, 
see everything when it moves so fast against, especially against like an odd front. That's not typical of what you kind of see or what they typically see throughout their weeks normally. So okay. I can't say too much, only what I kind of barely see on the, the surface there. I don't know too much. In Fair depth. Also Crip keeper. Yeah. It's Jalen minor. Yeah. I said Bryson minor earlier and I'm thankful that they were able to say something. Yeah. It was Jalen minor. Who was the, the one who threw that up. Was, he was, he was stronger than shit too. He was stronger, but Jeff Luck is different. B man, you talk about yeah. I'm not saying he was Jeff Luck stronger, but I'm saying he was stronger than shit too. Jalen Miner was. You wanna, uh, you know who I'd put in the Jeff Luck category though is Sam Longo. Wow, really? Oh man, Did the he dude ever wouldn't eat face mask off their helmet. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but he used to play around with weights <laughs> in the weight room like they were kids' toys. Absolute freak of nature, too. So, uh, what Sam Longo? It's offensive lineman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah offensive transfer. lineman transfer from. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Golly. All right, let's get before we let you go. Let's get some good trout stories in here. Trouters, man. Oh, dude. I haven't heard from him in a while. I used to hear from Trout all the time. Man, he's off the deep end. He's got he's got his mustache out facing this way. He's got his yeah. long hair. He is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, dude, they literal Trouter. <laughs> oh man, I will not. Ne- oh man, Trout story. Okay, I remember we were walking out to practice. It was a summer day. I don't know why this story stuck with me. It's not even that funny, but I remember Wilster jumped on his back and he said, "I'm riding a fish," and he galloped around with him like it was <laughs> like a rodeo. <laughs> that was that was funny. Let's see here. What else? Oh, you got a oh, <laughs> he had a very special way of greeting the uh, the strength staff in the morning when they came to wake us naked. up in the hotel. Naked, fair, okay. There's a couple, there's a little more to it, but you know, you get yeah, the gist. I, yeah, he had a very special way of greeting people. Um, <laughs> I love. Let's see here, that, that's him passing a- out, him passing out. Um, probably he passed was, out all the time. He was the king of it, man. He just wanted to get out of practice. Like, if it was if it was warm, not even hot. If it was warm, there was a good chance you were gonna look over and Trout was passed out. It was like one of those movies though. I remember uh Phil asked him, he's like, All right, try to you okay? He's like, I don't know if it feels so good. <laughs> he just face planted into <laughs> the crowd. Dude, he is so funny. I you know that you you think about you know, the games are great and all, but, you know, the times I remember the most is, like, sitting in meeting rooms and just, like, his little quirks. Just, like, little things he used to do that were just – it would it would make uh, – what's his name? It would make Coach Crook giggle, make everybody – I mean, just him being him. It's hard to explain, Trout. It's hard to pinpoint specific stories, but you just knew if you were going to be around him, you were going to have a great day. The more I got to know him, the more it kind of made sense, like, why Trout didn't work at Ohio State. Oh yeah, he was like, never serious enough for that. No, like and he that's was why he serious, did so well down here. Like, yeah, he was serious about what mattered, but outside of that, there was there was a lot of fun to him. You know, you see all these like pictures, and you see all these like meetings that like Urban Meyer has and stuff, and just how stoic he is and everything. And then I think of Trout, and I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. This makes total sense why they might not have been fan. <laughs> he might not have been his biggest fan. Stoic until he's running oil changes. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Talk about that that whole offensive line as a as a whole because it was like kind of the uh, 
land of just thrown together, you know, toys. Oh, the misfits. Yeah. Misfit toys. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. 28 which, which year old one? on the line with you guys. I mean, okay. I was going to say, which one are you talking about? We got my, the my second year. My, second my, year. Okay. Um, or yeah. both years. You can do both years. Yeah. I mean, my, my original senior, I mean, Kendall Calhoun was a transfer. I've been there two years. Corey's a converted DN. Um, me, Will, and Dave, the three interior guys, all former walk-ons. I mean, it was a, a crazy time. And <laughs> where, you know, those are still, you know, five of my best friends to this day. So it just goes to show how, you know, that kind of bond lasts forever. I wish, man. He had to take off. He had some kind of hunting season coming back up. You know, he's a roamer, man. He's he's all over the place. He never stays too long in one place. But um, no, my senior year, that was Your quite the eclectic. Year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Flip a coin. Which one you were talking? Um, <laughs> that was that was a very eclectic group, even more so than my uh, my fifth year. Um, Dino Boyd, you know, one of the most quiet dudes I've ever known in my life. I don't think I heard him speak more than five or six words in my entire time there. <laughs> he kept to himself, but he was a phenomenal football player. And he, he got his job done and we bonded with him in the weirdest sort of ways. You know, it, it started with, like I said, in that film room, just kind of like looking over to him and like making like weird gestures or stuff like that. And just seeing him laugh, you know, he was such like a, a reserved guy and just like making him laugh sometime was just, just kind of like special moments. Um, Correct me if see- I'm wrong. I'll let Dino Boyd was one of the major, major, major reasons that team won 11 games. Oh, because for it sure. Because you at left tackle and moved Trout back inside. Yep. You got to play center when you weren't hurt. Mm-hmm. But, like, Dino coming in stabilized everything it felt like. Oh, it's phenomenal. He did such a great job for transferring in, not knowing the system, having to pick it up, new coach, new everything. I think he did a, a great job, and I, I'm so happy to see him play in the CFL now. Uh, I think he's a baller man. I think he was probably one of the, the best pass, pass pro blockers that we had when we were there. Um, moving into Trout, you already know Trout, man. He is yeah. uh, the, the definition of misfit, but one of the funniest guys I know and one of the freakiest athletes I know. I mean, he was just an absolute hoot. He made every day fun and, uh, again, still one of my best friends. Then we moved to Morgan James. Mm-hmm. That was uh, – for him to, to the path that he took, you know, I thought my path was long. He was an unbelievable story and to have two kids during it. I remember a time when I had to take an exam. We were working together at the same place. And I was like, Hey, will you please like, can you cover my shift? I need to like take this exam tonight. I completely forgot about it. He's like, yeah, you have to watch my kid though. So I was watching <laughs> Morgan's two kids while I was taking this exam before That's his wife awesome. came home. And, you know, those are just like things that like you never like think, you know, I mean, he was 29. I, I know I, it, it's like, yeah, I'm in my senior year of college. I'm here babysitting these two kids taking an exam. You know, it's just funny things like that. And he kind of brought a a maturity to the group. It was a nice balance to him to, to trout on the other side. And the other great thing about Morgan is, you know, throughout all his years, I mean, those are his first six years of football, you know, in a long time. And so he was still learning through that whole process and to have him there was, it, it, it was also special. And then rounding it out with my boy, Fergie Ferg from the Bahamas. Ferg. And he's just a trail. I, I mean, him and Trout's dynamic was bar none. Oh some of the fun I've ever seen. I couldn't even imagine I mean, the two of them every Oh, day. those two. 
it, it was just they hated but loved each other so much at the same time. <laughs> and just to watch those two was an absolute riot. And yeah, it, again, just a bunch of misfits put together. And I wouldn't have it any other way. It worked. Absolutely mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one more question about this this year, though, real quick. You're then, good. And I'll let them close it out. Uh, what, uh, obviously, IU coming in next week, it's a big just big way to close out the uh, the out-of-conference in a big way. Um, NIF's going to be rocking. What, what would be one thing you want to see out of this team come Saturday? Playing fun, playing fast, kind of catching Starting their stride. Starting fast. Yeah, that's what I was like. Catching their stride, not letting that first half get to them. I mean, I it, it feels like it's just been like a running theme for the past couple of years. It feels like every game it's just like a slow, slow, slow start. And it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it brings back those feelings of like, oh, man, here we go. But, um, no, I, I want them to play fast, play smart. Get rid of the pre-snap penalties, obviously. Yeah. Take care of the ball. Obviously, turnovers can become a big part of the game. Um, it, it's it's hard to lose the dudes that we did to the NFL and the, all the dudes who left and graduated. I just I want the guys that are there now to know that you know they're the, they're the next guys up, and it's it's time to grow up. It's time to play. It's time to kind of show everybody that the first game of the year wasn't who we are and to start blowing some teams out. So Take me real quick to. through getting back downstairs with Brady, getting getting some workouts in. Oh yeah. Would, that was a uh, country down there. That was quite the time. So Corey and I um Corey came into town for one night. So we were out the night before. Uh we woke up. He's like, I gotta get up early. I gotta get down. I'm gonna grab a few things. I might get some treatment for my ankle and then like we can get out of there. I just want to see the locker room. Perfect. Fine. I'll go with you. We go down. Um, the whole time he's telling me, he's like, yeah, man, I, I mean, I got to get out of here. I got a seven hour drive ahead of me. I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't I don't want to stick around here too long. Perfect. It's fine with me. We can get that done. So we do everything. And then the last thing he wants to do, he said, let's go say hi to Brady. In the back of my mind, I was like, mm. <laughs> I said, I know where this is. I mean, I was like, I know he wants to get out of here, so maybe he'll say no. So we walk downstairs. Of course, a bunch of the dudes are getting a lift in. And Brady, the wild look in his eyes, he's looking around. You guys want to lift? And Corey looks at me, and I look at Corey. And I know Corey's not going to say anything because he'll never let anybody down in his life. He will say yes to anything. He's yes, man. And so I'm like, ah, you know what? Corey's got a big drive ahead of him. He's, he, you know, he, we're out, kind of tired. And Corey looks at me, and Corey looks at Brady. In in, in short terms, he's Garrett. Why are you being such a wimp? Mm. Yeah, he threw me under the bus a little bit, and I was like, "All right." You were trying to save your friend. I was trying to save him. I knew <laughs> it was coming. Okay. He only he only had the one year. I I was blessed with <laughs> with two years with him and a couple of lifts in between. I know when Brady gets his hands on us. We don't have to be ready for a game the next weekend. He can do whatever he feels like. Right. So we spent a solid hour and a half. Absolutely. There was a time. I mean, thankfully, I've kept up with it, you know, over the past couple of years. I try to get my lifts in when I can. But I think Corey, you know, fresh off of surgery, I don't know how much time he's had to work on his cardio. 
there was a time when Corey looked at me with just absolute fear in his <laughs> eyes, like, what did we do this for? And I looked at him, I was like, hey, man, you asked for this. <laughs> but uh, now we, we got done at the end. All love to, to Brady. He's always so accommodating, always so loving, man. That's like a, a second dad to me. We had a great time. It's always great to get back in there, um, get back into the Brady program. I mean, those are some of the strongest times of our lives. And we love to just get back after it and kind of have that feeling. I mean, Corey's name's up all over the walls there. You know, I got a few things up in there. It's kind of nice to go back and just see how much they honor former players. You didn't run a 4-2-9. 4 3 I would say, you know, cut it real close. Just missed it. Just missed just it. Missed missed it. Missed. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. No, I'm, I'm upset, man. Juwan, bro, is it Juwan Briggs, right? Yeah. yeah. Broke my bench That's, record, man. I'm that dude upset. is strong. I know. I see that. I see that, man. He he broke my record. I was I was a little upset about that, but I know it was bound to happen. I don't know what happened so fast, but you know, (laughs) as long as I stay up there in second, I'm okay. I can live with it. Well, it's Uh, been awesome to have you on, brother. You know, yeah. Thank you. You are right up there with my amongst my absolute favorites of all time in my time I've been doing this. When I get to see you drop by uh, practice, or as soon as I see you walking like around, like it, it brings a huge smile to my face and it, it brightens my day. So, you know what? Being out there, it just, I stepping on that field, just I, I light up. I, I get so jealous. I get so, you know, I, I live back in the my memories and the glory days, all the like, you know, the times I had there, the friends I made there, everything. And then, I look down at the knee braces and I think, ah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm it was great. fun. It was fun. You, you guys make it fantastic. Being welcome back, like I said, having everybody there and being so accommodating, so welcoming, so, you know, allowing me to be there and, and be a part of that is such a phenomenal thing. And like I said, the university has given to me so much more than I could ever give back to it. And I'll forever be grateful for that. And everybody who helped me get there. You want to shout out Karen while you're here? Karen, if you're still sticking around, she, you know, the funniest thing, it, it's like the universe was speaking to you because we were having lunch on Sunday and this was probably around like, what time did you text me? Probably like one. Uh, like, I can look. All right. We'll call it one. You text me around one at like 12. It was one ten. It was one okay. ten. So like 12, 15, 1230. She looks at me. She's like, so how come you're never on the podcast? Like, why do you never go on? I'm like, I don't. I don't know. They don't ask me. And I swear, when you sent me that text, I literally went like this. I showed it to her. She laughed for the next five minutes. She <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing ever. She said, you texted him, didn't you? You had to say something. No, she's the greatest. She's the biggest fan of you guys. She loves this stuff. You know, she listens to it, listens to it religiously, and she's the best. Hit me I up say? if you ever have something to say that we need to talk about. Uh, with you got you. it. I'll just send you a link in the middle of the show. I'll send you a link. You can pop in for what you want to talk about, and then you can pop back you, out. You have carte blanche. You are. I love it. Geez, like you can come I in love at it, any man. given time. Whatever. I, I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always so much fun to be here. If Warrior can't fill in again, you know who to call. I'm always more than happy to be here. Chad, I will see you on Thursday. I got something to give you. Tuesday. Oh, oh, Tuesday. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow hey, is Tuesday is practice day. Oh, that's right. I get my see you. Man, God, I've been out of the game for too long. I've been out of the game for too long. I don't Tuesday know what's going is on media anymore. Practice day. That, that's when okay. you used to have to deal with us in the hallways. Oh, oh. 
Not fun. <laughs> I remember every week, every Tuesday, I'd come out with uh, new progress. On, I'd be first week yeah. I was on crutches, second week just a boot, third week pass it. I'd always be so happy to come out and show you. Fourth week I'm playing this week. No, yeah, I, oh, I, no, I, I am. I cried that game. I cried I because Crook wouldn't put me in. Which one? I was pissed. It was USF. We were already beating them. And I was like, game, yeah. I want to go. And he's like, No, man. He's like, We're winning. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Not to it get too sentimental, a... but how was that UCF game just walking out, though? Oh, uh, you don't have to talk about the game. Just, just the walk. Was, I mean, everything. It, it was a culmination. It was like it was meant to be. Um, you know, college game. It was a, it was college game day that college week, right? Day, yeah. yeah, college game day that week. Being out there. Um, Full crowd, sold out crowd, just kind you know, it brought tears to my eyes. It really did. I was so excited. And then I figured out really quick that I was very, very out of shape. I had oxygen. <laughs> I came out cherry they red. They should have played you against USF. I thought, hey, hey yeah. I thought so too. Bob was ready to play me week three against Navy. He's, he said, you're good to go. <laughs> Aaron didn't think best. so, but yeah, right? Bob's the best. All right, brother. Love you. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you for guys. coming on tonight. And yeah. uh, whenever we need you, we're going to give you a call. Like, you got it. You, you're, in the, you're in the rotation more often. All right. What time are you going to be downstairs tomorrow? Uh, pressers at noon. And okay. then practices at like 2. Wait, you guys still get lunch? Uh, yeah, we still get lunch at like 1130. All right. I'll be there at 1130. Don't you worry. Saturday? <laughs> never, never miss out on my free lunches. Gary, you'll All be there right. Saturday too? Saturday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see you around. What's we'll catch right. on the grid. We'll see. Sounds you. good. Good to see you guys. Thanks, Love Garrett. You, Garrett. See yeah, you, no See ya. Bye. Garrett Campbell. Like, look. Gare Bear. I, I said last week that, that Malik is my favorite just from how close we've gotten. Garrett is right up there, 1A. One, like, if we're doing 1A, 1B, Malik Van, Garrett Campbell. Iron sharpens iron, too. Right. Like, I, I just, I, he's such a fun dude. He's such a great personality. He's got a great perspective on football. Um, he can give us offensive line stuff. <laughs> it's like you're making the Avengers of walk ons. Well, here's the thing like, these are guys with personality. Like, these are, it. he just mentioned it earlier in the show when he said they were out there at 5 30 in the morning. Like we are paying to do this, yep. right? Like they're, we're not on scholarship. They didn't even, a, another thing he mentioned back before they changed a lot of the stuff, they weren't even allowed during two days to eat with the team. The team would be eating a full meal, a full catered meal. And they would be scrounging on snacks from <laughs> like the snack bin yep. down in the locker room. Like yep. Royer, Garrett, Tobes, those guys, if, if you guys want, and I think this is important to you guys, if you guys want the essence of people that live and breathe University of Cincinnati, these are the guys. Right. These and are that, the guys. That love, love, love football. Love football, love basketball, like love the sport, love the school, love everything about their experience. Yep. These guys all earned scholarships. Mm -hmm. They weren't given scholarships. They showed up and earned scholarships. I am always going to err on the side of that. Right. Because to them, this shit is important. Right? Yeah. Like, 
it really, really important. Yeah. So uh, I, I did want to go back to this. A bunch of misfits put together is this entire network of podcasts. Hey, Steven, what are you doing Thursday night at nine o'clock? So I might have something else for you. Might have something new Thursday night at nine o'clock. It'll be announced tomorrow. Stay tuned. But my quest to have a podcast every day of the week continues Thursday night at nine o'clock. And again, it's another one that I, 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 you won't see me. But you'll get a lot of good insight. And you'll get some more misfits. We're working on it. There we I go. would love an alumni-based podcast. Hmm. Hmm. Some, some might say this podcast would make you soppy wet. Yikes. It might have already been, <laughs> might have already been mentioned as well, right? Or or was that off air? Off air. That was off that was air. Off air. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, but I've given a big hint. Stay, stay tuned on Twitter tomorrow. There will be an announcement for uh, something new coming to the network on Thursday night at 9 p.m. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I had a buddy when I was at IU that was a walk-on, and he was a different breed of person. And if you can tell from Royer and now Garrett and, and probably a few other people, you can tell. These guys aren't wired quite like uh, a lot of the other no. people out there. No, so. like you have to be wired different. You're paying tens of thousands of dollars, right, for them to torture to, you, to 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 play football. And generally, for most ninety percent of walk-ons, you never see the two D. Right, but it, you are you are practice squad. You you. You're wearing the blue jersey with the number on it where we don't even know who the hell you are. Right. Once, once you know, camp right, breaks. Right alongside Pat and Max. <laughs> right. Like, it's, you know, I, I will always have a soft spot for those guys because those guys, you know, I, I feel a kindred spirit. I wasn't good enough to play college sports, but I found my way in. I worked my ass off. I paid my dues. Like, I think... You're there, Brent. Aaron, Aaron's the ultimate misfit. He did something for like 15 years that didn't have anything to do with any of this. And, and now he's on his way in. We are misfits. That's that's why we identify with those guys. And I think that's why when we have them on, the content is outstanding. And Garrett was no different. I love that man. All right. $5 for a question. So okay. we're going to honor the question. Can I hear y'all talk more about Houston imploding over the weekend? I can't believe it. I had them as a lock to be in the AAC title game, and now poop, poop, poop. Well, here's the that thing, comes, Zach. That, that comes from Zach Jones. Zach Jones. Here's the thing, Zach. They could still very much be in the AAC title game because that's really mainly determined by your AAC record. Mm -hmm. So they could find themselves in the AAC title game. Um, but, man, also, there are – also, thank They're you. They're a for hot the mess right now. Thank you for the donation, big time. Appreciate you. They're a mess. Like they, oh, there doesn't oh, seem. We talk, and I hate it so much. The culture, 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 culture. But if there's not a bigger, like, 
stark contrast in culture from UC to Houston, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they got guys fighting on the sidelines. Can you imagine if that had happened here? Let's talk about that for a second. If that actually happened where somebody came back to the sideline with Luke Fickle and fought someone else on the sideline, you, yeah. don't, you don't see that kid again. Yeah. Transfer portal season. Um, but no, I, it's, it, it is weird because you thought that Dana kind of had him heading in somewhat of a right direction. But like the, but, the but beginning culture, of the season has just been insane. This is where culture does matter, Brent. Like, right? No, but I do you agree. think that's more the Red Bull or more the vodka? Good point. Good point. The Red Bull. I like mine. I like mine with sugar-free Red Bull nowadays. I, Dana has enough not. with the regular. With the regular. Dana. Yeah. Dana's a, a leaded. He's not an unleaded. He's a leaded guy. Right. He is. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it, it, it's even so Diesel. weird. You've got a, a veteran quarterback who should be able to to calm everyone. It, the, the whole yeah. thing is just off kilter. Um, and I don't know. It'd be weird because you know maybe those teams are pretty solid, and you can look at it that they way. have. Ta- they're talented. They're plenty talented. Right, right. But the teams they played, maybe they are somewhat more. They're, they're stronger than exactly. I was going to say. So maybe the teams that they played are better than they than they were thought to be coming into the season, but the antics that happened off the field and the antics that are slowly trickling in and the the miscues and I, I mean you think well, but didn't we see remember remember year one when everybody just opted out and was like, I'm saving my like if yeah. I can transfer, yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, when Dana, but like that that was Dana driven too. Yeah, Dana was like, I want to get my own guys in. I want to. Fits here and there, so yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird, but um, I uh, I was kind of just following via updates. I was driving during it, but I just was dumbfounded by what Houston was doing. I still believe more in SMU than I do Houston, if I'm being honest. Like right Tanner, now, I'm with you. Tanner Mordecai, right now, I'm with you. Tanner Mordecai to me is greater than Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon. They play at SMU and at ECU, so that'll be two. Uh, Houston, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, aside from that, uh, quickly guys, just, just heading into this weekend, I, I asked Garrett, what he wants to see? Are you kind of just voicing that same sentiment when it comes to what you want to see out of the team leading don't, into the Saturday? Don't give you? yourself a hole. Yeah. Be at right. the end of the first quarter, be tied, mm-hmm. be up 10 to seven. Right. I know that sounds wild, but like <laughs> we have not seen what this team looks like really. I mean, Kennesaw State, sure. Okay. But I guess the, the, the point you could make, we saw them play with the lead with Kennesaw State, and they steamrolled Kennesaw State. Well, yeah, even then it took the second half for them to really blow up against Kennesaw State. Right. Well, you had the two defensive touchdowns that right. play from ahead. Yeah. Put pressure, put game pressure on Indiana, who can't yeah. run the football. They can't think- run the football. Key, yeah, and and they can't stop the run either. So it's a, right. it's 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 a game that you know one in the trenches thing. This is one where it could be dominated in the trenches, if you will. Um, Aaron, anything you want to see kind of this uh, this Saturday or or something that you're looking at the most? Just just broad view now on a Monday. I guess I just want to see like more splash plays. Like I don't 
earlier. Like I don't. They had fifteen splash plays. I understand, but I they didn't they didn't against Arkansas. They didn't connect on those, and they didn't against Kennesaw. So I want they to did see the what second the, half of Arkansas. I, they missed a lot too. That, that doesn't negate yes, does. the fact that they connected yes, on a bunch of them. Uh, I remember the ones that they missed more. Anyway, that's because you're an asshole. That's fine. <laughs> maybe disagree. Maybe, are you pointing at maybe early fireworks? Is what? Yeah, you're yeah. To? I mean, kind of, okay. kind of what we've all like. We've all been beating the same drum. Um, and I'm even less on the penalties. Like they found a way to survive the penalties. The, those aren't really. Yeah, I just I, I'm, I'm tired of first and fifteen. Second, I'm second right. and thirteen. Well, that opens the playbook for a lot more splash plays. <laughs> there we go. I hate S- silver linings. I want to um, see kind of like kind of like what you guys are saying. Just domination from beginning to end. Don't don't let it be an an, an in doubt thing because this IU team sure they're three and zero. But they're very easily could could be one and two or even zero oh and three. They're not very good. No, it's you got to blow them out of the water. I mean, it opened up at eleven or fourteen, depending on where you're it looking. It's all the way up to seventeen right now. Immediately, yeah, it's just you know, it's a it's a game that that you should be able to take in hand and and dominate truly. I'm interested at to home. see. I'm interested to see what Dave has to say Wednesday night in right. his in his IU like deep dive. You can you can give us a little like you're you're kind of an IU guy. Uh, the only thing that would get me with them would be the, I mean, if we aren't turnover free, they do have an offense that at times can get rolling a little bit. They throw the ball a lot, right? So you know, if if you're passing the ball enough through the air, we've seen you know Miami was able to kind of pick apart on that opening drive, just just on the opening drive. There's two which, plays. which is that yeah three plays that was it but I, can this can the secondary hold up the entire time and can you get a pass rush strong enough throughout the entire game where it's just going to throw them off their game immediately yeah. and you know no turnovers I, I mean I I've got a lot of friends coming in for the game and I'm telling them just enjoy the atmosphere because I don't think IU is going to do a really good job uh, on on the field no. I'm with I'm with you Reed. Um, Seeing if the secondary steps up to the challenge, first team that really wants to throw it all over the place. Yeah, yeah. This is on. A lot of this is going to be on the secondary to on get that. IU off the field. Yes, and and the pass rush, a pass rush, which I want to see a pass rush. Um, yeah. We've seen the blitzes, but I want to see some of the defensive linemen kind of pin their ears back and, and get to the quarterback as well. So, yeah. uh, I'm excited to see it. So, we'll, we'll Aaron see. is Chad's ginger stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't beat him like a redheaded stepchild. I just – how can you say you want to see more splash plays when they had 15 plays over 15 yards? Because it was one of their three games that they did that. They didn't do that in all of the games. I want to continue to see that. They had – That's what I made, wanted to see. Sorry I gave an answer. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh. Aaron gets a news feeling sometimes. Yeah. Well, I still so, love Aaron. Sometimes. I, all the time. <laughs> that is that is very true. Rachel accuses me of being the most dramatic person in the house. There we Often. Go. There's a wife, a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, seven. and a 7-year-old, and even, even worse for you, and a baby. And yep. you're the most dramatic person in the house. And Everybody. a puppy. And Every, a puppy. Everybody's got to be somebody. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, let's uh, anything more football, guys? I think we roll into uh, basketball real quick. Yeah. I mean, we, um, yeah, we got a little extra time. There's not much. There's in the nothing in the mailbag. Yeah. So uh, as far as it goes, so 13 splash plays against Kennesaw. Thank so, yeah, the last two games they've had 28 splash plays, Aaron. Uh, before you move on, I did want to point this out. I don't know if it was mentioned, but last week's Wired Wednesday with Van Fossen was pure gold. Yeah. That comes from Lambig on Twitch. It was I did, I, I did not see last week's, unfortunately, yep, just because yep, we had – cowboy collar on. Yeah, I, I we had – we were up in Columbus on th- – like, it was – we had the, the BCJ pod Wednesday night when they released it, and then had to get to sleep, drive to Columbus on Thursday for – uh, the the doctor to tell us that the clinical trial we drove two hours for was no longer available. I just want to know why he didn't wear the cowboy collar during the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it was, it was a great. I'll go back and watch it tonight. It was a great. Go watch it tonight. Worth it. Um. Alrighty. Basketball timestamp, y'all. Talk stamp, ball. Anyway. Talk stamp. Talk. Basketball. You guys had a nice uh, Friday night. I'm going to call it a podcast, pretty much. It was a podcast, essentially, yeah. 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 That you guys uh, kind of laid out the different names that are in the uh, recruiting world right now, obviously. We added a new one today on that I've board. kind of been kind of been sitting on. We added a new one today. Mm-hmm. Jace Richardson. Yeah. Jace a Richardson. Four-star in 2024, borderline five-star in 2024. Son of? J. Rich, Jason Richardson. Yep. Does he fly? Who you like talked about, you ran into. If you remember, yeah. In Arkansas. In Arkansas. Uh, he was on a visit, and we yeah. were given a tour of the basketball facilities. So I can see it now. And in, in, in a future article, they asked Jace why he dropped Arkansas from his list. And he was like, you know, I don't think the staff was was giving me a, a fair shake. He, they, they brought opposing team fans on my visit for a tour <laughs> of the facilities. You go down which, as a legend, which which would probably not be good, but but yeah, I mean, Jace is a stud. Does um, he fly like Jason? I think potentially. He's, I think Jason, he Jason really, is really a different good. different person when it comes to that. So, but that's well, J- Jason was playing slam ball before there was slam ball, right? Like yeah. he was jumping on trampolines. Yes, essentially. Um, Chad is was that just a visit and an offer or? Uh, no, he's, he's, they've been involved with him for a while. That was just one I was asked to kind of, you know, keep, not blow keep, up yet. Right. Um, but they, they went and saw him this week. Uh, is, it was reported by a different network. Um, I, I'm just confirming that there is definite interest in Jace Richardson in 2024 from Cincinnati staff. I, I think there is a belief. He, for them, is kind of their Isaiah Collier in the 2024 class. And that they think, even though he's rated really high, that he could end up significantly higher uh, on the on the, the board uh, as 2024 plays out. So um, is there a connection to, to Bishop Gorman, or is it kind of just the No, staff? it's the connection to just – Connection to connections. <laughs> connection to connections. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're, they've been kind of working on this one for a couple months uh, after see him, seeing him over the summer. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's, now it's being public a little bit more. So 
Uh, yeah. They, they got, like Jace Richardson a lot. So He's got a bunch of offers, and as you've mentioned, he's someone that will probably continue to rise. But as we've seen the staff do, I don't think that has much bearing on on their recruitment. It probably only fires things up for them even more. Um, it has nothing to do with Flory. Flory's a big man. Jace Richardson's a point guard. 6'2", six, 6'3", six, point guard, roughly, I'd say. Yeah, so I guess, Aaron, that would be the only difference between him and Jason. Jason's a – Jason's a big dude. In person, he Jason looks even six, bigger. Six, 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 seven. six, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he played um, the three back before everyone was playing that size at the two. So one yeah. of the best players to play with on NBA Live and NBA Two K was hundred percent for sure. High flying three point shooting. Uh, but Chad, obviously, and, and Aaron, you can test to it if you if you heard anything on this as well. Uh, Baby Shack wrapped up his. Um, are we calling him Baby Shack or Little Shack? What was the uh, I think the Baby Shack was kind of the nick is kind of the nickname. He's 6'11, okay. 230-ish pounds. Samto uh, Cyril. So Samto Chukwu Cyril. And you mentioned his pictures I don't, from the I don't visit. Think they need to call him Baby Anything. Just call him Samto and let that, that name be itself. Samto. If you saw the he picture. He sounds like a like a like a like a Indian, right? Like a like like he should be riding a horse. With or a bandana and a bow and arrow. Or Santo. like, or like when they recruited him, like I got. I'm not going to get into that, but just like like Tonto Santo <laughs> is where I was going. We could talk off screen about where you're going with that one. Yeah, just yeah, just stop. It's good. That was a good I, stop. I, I I think the name itself can be enough. Santo. He could be. Enough. He could easily be a one name Santo. Right. right. Uh, um. I, I, I think he's going to take a couple more visits. Uh, these are junior visits. He's a 2024. Right. Um, the, I, the 2023 thing, that, I don't know. Bing. I don't know if it's even possible. On that we can agree, Paul. Everything else, I think our definitions of splash plays are different. Okay. But like in football, only there, use his first name. Splash plays are defined as 15-plus yard plays. We define them differently. No, you define them differently than what the definition of them is. We, as in you and I, define them differently. Just because you don't agree with the the dictionary definition of something. Webster changes dictionary definitions all the time. They add new <laughs> words. Same. I love it. Aaron uses um, Urban Dictionary, not the Merriam-Webster <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, Splash. But, but I wanted to say though, uh, as far as it goes to South, Aaron Carolina, uses World Star. He yeah, uses World, World Star's definitions instead of go. Webster's. There we go. That works. Uh, and 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 he likes to sing them in a in a choir tone. So <laughs> it's, it's all for, full circle. But anyway, so you guys mentioned the pictures of Samto on his visit. You look at him next to Abdullah Do, and you can see the size that he truly has. So my understanding was he did not know Abdul. They had not officially met before. But they obviously knew of each other. Right. They're both from Nigeria. They both went to Hamilton Heights mm-hmm. uh, in in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So they knew of each other. Word is they spent a lot of time together this week talking, mm-hmm. which is outstanding. Yeah, it is. And uh, you know, so I, obviously, it, I don't know if you guys touched on it more, but the the one crystal ball of him going pro. I don't know. There's it's a- possible. Six percent of it. It's possible. Being yes. 
Um, we're also now looking at like now there's it's on the table that 2024 kids are going to be able to go straight to the draft. So yeah, which is that's that's entered into the world, and that's what two, two years in pro, and then you can go, or is it just one year removed? No, it's high school. Oh yeah, okay. High school's coming back, and it was entered into the conversation for. Uh, NBA, right? The 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 new collective bargaining collective agreement bargaining, right. that it would return high school to pros in 2024, dropping it from 19 to 18. Essentially. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, so, so that changes a lot with the 2024 class, obviously. Yep. Sure. Um, but was it already? It's not voted upon yet, though, right? They're just no, like, but it's it, right. it's. Essentially, like the only thing I see delaying it is if they decide to like allow for more time for colleges to adjust. But guess what? The NBA, it's like fucking kids. They don't care <laughs> about college. They, like they, they like if they decide with our new collective bargaining agreement, we're going to start at eighteen. We're going to move it from nineteen to eighteen. They don't care how bad it's going to mess up your college programs recruiting that, that they want these kids into the NBA. And, they, and they've been trying to create a, a means to these kids getting that first step and then going into the NBA with, you know, with the G league and night and all these other, you know, professional teams, if you will, that are set below the, uh, the NBA. So yeah, they don't care. Um, and, and the more that they can use them as watch this guy, He's already getting paid, so we can already kind of broadcast him and, and promote him as being a uh, future NBA star. So, yeah, they don't care. Uh, I, I guess then, Chad, uh, if he – Samto, you've mentioned him as well as a potential reclassifying candidate. I, that, I, I just talked about that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. That's, that's not a sure thing. I think people have taken that and, like, just because Ran I said it was that. possible – have assumed it was like an absolute lock. No, I just said it was something that's on the table. You know what else is on the table for Santo? Going to the NBA in 2024. Right. Like, it has to be voted on. Isn't it kind of it's not more on the table? It's kind of more likely for a lot of players that could potentially be able to reclassify if they figure out some sort of you know amount of classes that they've gone to and whatnot. So I don't it's think it's different with international, like yeah, that's the problem. He's okay. international. It's not just as easy as like a high school kid graduating early. Right, right, right. So there, there's a lot more layers to it. It's a lot more difficult than like Steve from Columbus. Like I got all my my uh, my uh, core credentials or my core, you know, it's not it's not that simple. Right. Do I think it's possible? Yeah, I think it's possible, but I think it's not as easy as like. Everybody just thinks because I mentioned it, it's a foregone conclusion. That's not that's not where it's at. Right, right. Um, well, speaking of high school kids that will be transitioning to the uh, to the college ranks in in twenty twenty three, a big visit weekend coming up this weekend. Both Jizzle uh, James and Arnton Page scheduled yeah. to be in town. Anything more you've heard on those fronts? Just kind of just squaring up for what could be a potentially Massive, I, massive weekend. 
I think Jizzle, uh, I think Cincinnati is putting themselves in a really good position. Like I talked about with Aaron, they're going to have a chance to really establish themselves if they crush the visit. Right. They got to crush the visit. But if they crush the visit, they can put themselves in a really strong position. With Paige, it's the same as with Collier, man. I, this is USC Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – I know the Michigan people think they've got an outside shot at Collier. I think with both of these guys, it's coming down to USC and Cincinnati and who does the best job between now and whenever they announce. Right. Um, my understanding is Paige is probably going to visit USC after the Cincinnati visit. Um, I don't have that confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my understanding is that's like where their thought process is. Visit both, make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Like that, you know, it, it's going to be a, a really interesting weekend on campus because, you know, you, you got a big home game. The grid's going to be crazy. They're going to have their tailgate over by the Oscar statue. If everybody ran by that tailgate and, and you know, made their case for Jizzle James and Arnton Page, probably didn't, probably wouldn't hurt. Right. Um, but that's kind of they're 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 dialing down on both of those kids. They're dialing down on on Collier. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. If there are additional vis- uh, uh, official visits scheduled after that, you know. They'll be that might not be the greatest sign, but they're dialed in on on where they're at with these guys right now. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Rayvon posted something on his Instagram. Jizzle James reposted it on his Instagram story. Yeah, just uh, just reporting news that's out there. Um, aside from that, and anything more on the Isaiah Collier front as far as nope. him potentially, nothing. nothing Date wise, or not date wise of commitment, more of just visit wise. But I, I don't think he's taking visits. I've said that okay. for two months. I, right. I, he doesn't. They don't plan to take senior official visits. Right. Maybe that changes. As of now, that has not been something that has been entered into the discussion. Okay. There we go. Had to had to cover every base there. No, that's not. Like, I, I get it. I'm just answering the questions, right? Like. Without. Uh, nope. Then anything else there that you've seen? I was just going to say, speaking of questions, there are not many in the mailbag. There aren't. There aren't. Um, but, you know, small but mighty. How about that? We'll give them that. Uh, Maybe we can be... get out of here. Maybe we can get out of here before two hours. Oh, even with that I'll amount of... I'll see if I can get us to okay. 201. I mean, it's we've got, what, 13 minutes and 30 seconds? There's no way we're out of here before two hours. Got five questions, bro. Five yeah. questions, average of three minutes per answer. Come on, you're filibustering. <laughs> uh, opening up the mailbag in the wait, football... wait, we forgot the uh, the talk stamp in the football section. Talk stamp, there you go. Uh, 146 is the mailbag. Uh, is Indiana the program on this year's schedule that you see gets into the most recruiting battles with? If so, does that make this game that much more important? No, because if you're winning recruiting battles, like the real recruiting battles in Indiana, I don't – it's not really Indiana. 
right? It's Purdue, it's Notre Dame. Like, yeah, Indiana gets some of the 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 decent talent, but if you're gonna make Indiana a priority, IU is not who you're circling, right? And I, I individual remember individual games don't really matter to kids 99% of the time. They don't care. They're not like, well, I'm down to UC and Cincinnati, so whoever wins this, this game, game that's where I'm going. <laughs> Coaching staffs don't matter. Relationships don't matter. I'll like, I'm picking who's winning the game. Yeah. No, it, and did, it's not how recruiting works. It's just not. So, Chad, obviously the big uh, the big kind of Indianapolis and, and India area connection was Brian Mason when he was on staff. Yeah, so have you seen, it doesn't seem like it, there's as many, you know, hats being thrown in to the Indiana air, Indianapolis and Indy area. Not yet. Um, I, I know that historically Kerry Combs has been very strong in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're looking at right now, it, we're in such a weird spot because 2023 is essentially done. Yeah. done. Right. Right. And 2024 is one of the stronger years I can remember in Ohio. Yeah. So I'm so. sure they're trying to get as much footing in Ohio in 2024 right. as humanly possible right now. Maybe the Indiana stuff comes um, a little bit later or as we get into, you know, like junior days, who they get on campus, stuff like that. Um, I just haven't got a sense that like, they're focusing on a ton outside of Ohio right now in 2024. Obviously they are, but like you're in season, like you're trying to win games. Yeah. It's a little different. And I I think McCullough was the only IU Cincinnati back and forth out of this commitment class so far. So yeah, Um, not really. All right. To the best of your ability, can you provide the years of eligibility for the following players? Oh, Christ. No, not really. (laughs) Um, Let's try. If they choose to use them, and it's after this season. Uh, Ben Bryant. Uh, He has one year if he wants it. Yeah, this year, next year. Yeah. Chuck. Charles McClellan. A.K.A. Chuck. So, he came in in 2018. I would say he could apply for a waiver. I would he agree. Played, well, how many waivers could he apply for? Just like one medical waiver. Because you consider. And the COVID. Yeah. So, right. you know, so he played COVID. 18. He <laughs> so you're saying he could be here for two more. He played 18. He sat 19. He sat almost all of 20. Right. He played 21. Yep. Now he played 22. He played 22. So you take two of those years away. And a COVID year, he could have two more. Like, he could possibly, I think, have two more years left. Ivan Pace. We talked about that. 19 and 21 are the only two full years he played at Miami. Um, He could potentially have a redshirt year and a COVID year. Mm -hmm. At least two, maybe three more for Ivan. Well, this year, and then at least one, maybe two more. Right. For Ivan. Corey Kiner. Corey Kiner's a redshirt freshman. Basically a redshirt freshman, yeah. Uh, yeah. So four, Th- three more this, this year plus three. 
Uh, Trey Tucker. I don't know. Trey's had – he's a true senior, so he would have – A COVID then, year and a redshirt. He'd have a COVID year and a redshirt year, but he's not going to redshirt, so just a COVID year. Yeah. He could be a COVID senior next year. Yeah. All right. This shouldn't – like, I can't wait until 2020. Until is no longer – I can't wait until 2021 is the latest a college football player entered college football. Yeah, a 2021 class, yeah. It gets back to normal. Just even wait. then, even then, they'll probably try and find some loop. Just wait though, Chad. When you're get you're going crazy because the transfer portal has been announced as part of NCAA football twenty three. Oh yeah, that should be oh, super. Yeah. People are already talking about Paul. The Paul, you shut your mouth. People, we don't people, know one year for Trey. We don't people, know. People are already talking about how they're going to make microtransactions part of NCAA. <laughs> Four ninety nine for you to keep your player. Right. <laughs> and drop it in <laughs> I'd pay it for sure. Depends on the player. Like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if if the Bearcats go to Fayetteville and come out victorious and they're sitting at three and zero and sporting twenty five game regular season winning streak, what is their current rank? What is Arkansas's current rank at two and one with a home loss to the Bearcats? I don't care. I, I Cincinnati will be but twelve. They might be top 10. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. I mean, I, I don't have fallen in front of them. I don't love to play this game, but I did talk about last night how Cincinnati being at 31, Arkansas being at 10, um, and that the fact that there are nine teams with one loss in the top 25 currently. And yeah, I guarantee you, not all of those nine teams lost to somebody else who is currently in the top 10. It's crap. I hate, I, I hate Just it. Saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, I think they'd be top ten, and I think they, Arkansas they, would be. They just don't get any respect that everybody else does when they make the college football playoff because right. they they were a pretender, but weren't supposed to be here. Quote unquote. And they lost nine players. They aren't better than Illinois. Uh, there were there were no for the first time ever. There were no questions in the ba- basketball mailbag. I do understand. I'm disappointed in all of you. I do understand I put that up really late today, and so for that, I apologize. That said, yeah, um, I have a baby. Deal with it. Um, I guess I'll do one quick mailbag question. Do you mind? It's your show, Brent. We're all just part of it. Chad, when is the official first practice? 26th, I think. Well, I think the 26th is the first day you can practice. Okay. I don't know if that's when you see will officially practice, okay. but there is good news. Yes. Last year, Kelly tried to die, like right around that time. Right. And I, I like the time from the start of practice to the first game for me was a complete blur. Mm-hmm. This year, she's good. For, knock on wood. Yeah, she's good. So I should be at practice a couple times a week. You literally means- have wood to your right. That's that's not real wood. It's composite. It's composite. It's millennium or whatever it's called. What is that stuff called? Um, it's my charging station. My charging station. Um, so I should be at practice a lot starting next week, and because I'm allowed to be at practice, that means I'm allowed to talk about practice. Okay. So things should start getting a little more spicy. Yeah, we on the basketball front. It's wood pulp and glue. <laughs> uh, and then one other question. Was, well, is there 
Is there nothing as far as uh, thanks, Tonk? Thank you, Tonk. Is there anything as far as like a Midnight Man, this Bearcat Madness, anything like that? I, I don't work in on that the world. horizon. Yeah, I mean, I look, we're, so, we're going to be a lot of people that do though. We're going to be lucky to see Short Vine closed for this this Bearcat Bash if that ever happens. We'll see. So don't don't get too far ahead of yourself, man. Paul, I we don't have to do little birdies. I'm going to be allowed to be a practice. Tweet, tweet. Chad will be the birdie. Wow, breaking news. Haven't you heard? Chatty bird is the word, baby. I'm like a bird. I only fly away. There's the choir sound. We we haven't heard it yet. Gosh. All right. Bird of our generation. I'm I'm blaming these mad trees that are 7.9%. Are they going down pretty smooth? We got to do a nightcap tonight. Pump can. It's fine. Pump, um, pump, pump it up. Does it taste like pumpkin? I like pumpkin beers. Don't um, you know? Pump it up. All right. You so that's last portion of the mailbag skins uh, in honor of Aaron's cute, but obviously demonic child. We have some rapid fire questions. Oh, man. Jeez. What is what is creepier? The kids from Children of the Corn or Aaron's daughter's demon eyes? <laughs> the demon eyes are pretty creepy, bro. While you're in the I mean, middle, it's... while you're in the middle of nowhere on that drive between Cincinnati and Athens, and you're seeing little demon creepy eyes in the little monitor. Yeah, they're, they're the creepiest. You're probably in like big. Well, so the Brennick's eyes are more creepy because they directly impact someone I know. The Children of the Corn was a movie. Yep, right? What was that? Brennick's is the spawn of Aaron, and the fact that she's got demon eyes that's not that's not good. That's that's Aaron. Yeah, but. I've held Brennick's, and uh, <laughs> I don't think that she's as scary as the Children of the Corn. That's where I'm. I'm I'm strongly going. My daughter's demonized. Uh, Natty Ice or Milwaukee's best, assuming you are a broke college student. Uh, Natty Ice. I'm I'm gonna pull an audible and go Natterdays. Keystone. You're, that's because you're a Natterdays. That's. Natty Ice or Milwaukee's Best? Why would I buy either of those two when I can get Natterdays? Key, Keystone? Because it's fruity. Do you drink it with your thumb or your pinky up, sir? Ham? At times? I'm, Ham? I'm, look, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to Ham? do this bitch. Bush White? Natty Ice. Bush Natty White? Ice. Milwaukee's Best or Natty Ice? Cincinnati Ice, baby. I, I took an audible. It's fine. Yeah, see, Lambig's got it right. Skip a meal and get some silver bullets. <laughs> There's a pork chop in every can. That's, that's what my old roommate used to tell me. I mean, that's true. That is uh, true. Apple fritters or slice of pumpkin roll. Uh, being that I had a, I'm not down with either of the. Like that's not something I eat. Either, I had a slice of pumpkin of roll tonight. So and delicious. Okay. Duh. Duh. I'd probably go pumpkin roll. I'm not a huge apple guy. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'd go pumpkin roll. I'm probably gonna roll with the pumpkin as well. I think uh, I think pumpkin flavored stuff is good. But to be honest, so my with my, you, my I've I've talked about this before. My grandma used to make for me a pumpkin cake. It was yeah. a full pumpkin cake with the cream cheese icing. That's like a pumpkin roll. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a pumpkin roll. So, all right, in cake roll. form, but because but although I don't really like. Pumpkin pie. I, I'm not a big pumpkin pie fan either. Pumpkin no, pumpkin cake. roll. Pumpkin, pumpkin is better in cake form. Pumpkin cake. 
pumpkin roll, maybe right, a couple um, pumpkin seeds. Follow-up question. How much money do fake John Goble and I have to come up with to sponsor Aaron doing a Sunday podcast updating us on the AAC after we join the Big 12? I feel like this would be a fate worse than death for him. Uh, you can't afford me. Uh, actually, I don't know. I, I might get with them if, and if uh, you pay put me, the money for it. If you pay me $200 a month to make Aaron do that, I will make Aaron do it. It has to be an hour long. I no. Think- yeah. I don't I, I don't agree to these terms. Four, 45 but minutes long? It doesn't matter. I'm, Chad, I'm a family man. Sundays are for family. Let's, I'll just stop paying you all together. They're, they're for family. I'm kind of liking this idea. So let's fake John Goble. Because it doesn't involve you either. Skins. Let's, let's go ahead and get together on this, see if we can't pull together enough money to make this happen next week. Get us out of here. 15 minutes. Really good idea. 15 minutes every Sunday. For Aaron to do an AAC recap on the YouTube channel, I needed at least fifty dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars a month. No, I need at least thirty minutes. No, nobody can. Nobody's gonna watch. Like the key is to get people to watch. Right, but the fact of him having to do it's just one click that's needed. No, actually, Brent. The like, what's worse? The shorter the time we make him do it is worse. Brent, what happens when I have weddings to go to? Are you filling in? <laughs> I got a I, I got a wedding every every day next season. <laughs> Speaking of filling in, we got to talk about this weekend a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's IU week and Brent's got a wedding. Big shocker! Surprise! Who's who's surprised? You know what? No, you know what? It, it's like last year when Brent had a wedding. Hey, IU week. Brent, Brent went to the game. Stay in the upper deck. I did go to the game. Didn't do any don't, work. Don't, don't be anywhere near. I, the I went, to, the went game. to a wedding afterwards. Stay, stay I left in the at upper the deck. end of the third quarter to go to the wedding. Yeah, I, sure. per- yeah, I performed was- Shaggy Angel at the he, wedding. He left and in- I have video proof of Chad, it. He left, he left before it. the game was over because they ran out of everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was more just to get back to the wedding, but man, I didn't last long at that wedding. I'll tell you, you don't even have water. If, you're, if, you, if you don't cover the IU game like you're supposed to, you're going to be co-hosting the Sunday night AAC recap with Aaron. Next hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. In the Big 12. Lock it in. I, it'd be my honor to. It would. That'd be a fantastic idea. Jeff got just put in timeout again. Jeff got just put in timeout again. <laughs> just let me say thanks to Garrett. That was awesome. That was really good insight. And yeah. it's really hard to get like legit offensive line insight because unless right. you played it, like you right. think you know what you're watching, but you don't have any real actual like clue. Yeah. So to get Garrett, I thought was awesome. No, he brought Garrett Huge props himself. to him. Kathy, love you. Not you, Kathy, but the other Kathy. Um, so, yeah. I thought it was Karen. Oh, yeah, Karen. That's right, Karen. You're welcome. Ka- Kathy Mulaney right. just, just has so much real estate in that brand of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Golly. Um, well, yes, of course, big shout-out to Garrett. <laughs> big shout-out as well to uh, Danko. Joe Dinker transmission as always. Um, anything else from you guys before we shut no, this one out? No. Get me out of here. All right. For my dudes, my guys, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. I am Brenton Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.